0: A podcast to honor the
1: gods. This, this better, better come, come with a sacrifice.
0: Dave X Media.
1: Dumbledore put his fingertips together again and said no more. Fudge glared at him, evidently incensed. Harry glanced sideways at Dumbledore, seeking reassurance. He was not at all sure that Dumbledore was right in telling the Wizen Gamut, in effect, that it was about time they made a decision. Again, however, Dumbledore seemed oblivious to Harry's attempt to catch his eye. He continued to look up at the benches where the entire wizened gamut had fallen into urgent, whispered conversations. Welcome to the Restricted Section, a pro-trans rights, Harry Potter slander, Harry Potter book club podcast run by a bunch of dicks that like to say, um, actually, if you haven't done the reading, don't worry. Um, actually, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about this week. Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, Chapter 8, The Hearing. This chapter consists entirely of Harry's hearing, as you may have guessed from the title for the charges of use of underage magic for defending himself and his cousin with a Patronus charm. Dumbledore shows up. Thank fucking God. Although he seems very cold to Harry for some reason. We meet Umbridge. She is a government lackey. And we also see Percy. He is a government lackey. Um, but assholes just love to be assholes, don't they? So we'll worry about them later. Cornelius Fudge is terrible. Uh, But in the end, Harry gets cleared of all charges. Welcome to the restricted section where we used to think miscarriages of justice were very unusual and wild. But now that we're grown up, we know better. My co-host today is eyewitness Leela. Say hello to the listeners, Leela. Hello, listeners. I'm Leela. (laughs) And I'm extremely excited because our special guest today is Nav, co-host of a song of ice of a uh, 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 <laughs> a song of ice and fire symposium. Say hello to the listeners, Nav. Hello, everyone. If they sound familiar to you, dear listener, that's because you have heard Nav's dulcet tones before on Prisoner of Azkaban, chapter eight, Flight of the Fat Lady, back in January 2021. Also, Goblet of Fire, chapter eight, The Quidditch World Cup, in October of 2021. <laughs> what? Now you're back again for Order of the Phoenix, Chapter 8,
0: The Hearing. I love it. It's so great. <laughs> and it's been exactly a year, pretty much.
1: I know. That's so funny. And you reminded me before we started recording that we did do this on purpose. <laughs> the, the second Chapter 8 was a coincidence, but we decided to go for a third Chapter 8.
0: You know, you can have me for all the Chapter 8s. I'm totally happy to do that.
1: <laughs> okay. I'm putting you on the
2: schedule for the next <laughs> huge chapter. Nav, are you, are you 24?
0: I'm 21.
2: That would have been, it would have been brilliant. great. Yeah.
0: Mm, <laughs> yeah. But then like by the next time I would have had to be, you know, <laughs> eight more and yeah, I couldn't pull that off. So
1: no. Well, how have you been in the, over the last year Nav?
0: I've been good. I've been having fun with the podcast, with my podcast. We're starting book three, which is if anybody knows anything about Game of Thrones or A Song of Ice and Fire, everybody knows that's where the shit goes down. So I'm just yeah, so that's excited. that's where a lot of people
1: are like, <laughs> I actually don't need to read this anymore. <laughs> yeah. it's I've yeah. been betrayed for the last time.
0: <laughs> yep people have definitely given up reading out of depression but like if you stick through it it gets really good (laughs) because
1: it's so (laughs) juicy I'm so so excited for Harmit to read that yeah
0: so this year kind of like stuck up on us we were like just reading the second book and all of a sudden we're done whoa the first one took us so long to get through we were like we're never gonna finish this
1: Well, didn't you like start out doing one chapter at a time and then start combining chapters? That's the secret. See, I got really impatient.
0: (laughs) I was like, I can't deal with this. I need her to know everything right now so I can obsess about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, at the pace you started at, it's like, it's like years and years of content.
0: (laughs) I think I'd calculated and if it was that if we did a chapter a week it would take like seven years or something (laughs) and we're not doing a chapter a week anymore we're doing like two or three chapters every other week just because we're so busy with busy with everything else but we're hopefully gonna be done in less than seven years, I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, in, um, our friend Taylor was recently on the show to talk yes. about uh, what, what 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 was she talking about? Uh, the
0: Sorn Sword. It's the second Sorn of the Duncan sword. Egg novellas. <laughs>
1: That's like a very hard one to Isn't say. Isn't it? Oh, it was so hard. <laughs> horror, horror. So I came on for the first dunk. Which was the hedge egg. night. And we had a great the time. The hedge <laughs> night. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. They're so long and there's like they so are. much to say about them. <laughs> Tina, I remember when
2: you were on for that chapter or you were about to go on for that chapter was, I believe, last year when we were at Ren Fair, and you, it was like all getting you into a very Ren Fair. <laughs> Oh. yeah yeah oh, i
1: remember funny. talking about that's that that's funny memory oh nice nah, <laughs> i don't remember that at all well h- what i couldn't remember anything without my friends <laughs> hell yeah well now we're extremely excited to have you back to talk today about chapter eight the hearing which is admittedly the first interesting chapter so far in this book in my opinion what exactly. no <laughs> this book okay. is
0: a gem and every single chapter is amazing
1: Okay, defend yourself.
0: (laughs) Okay, so I think my biggest defense, this book is among my favorites, but it was my definite favorite when I first read the series. And I think the fact that I was 15 and Harry was 15 had to do something with it just because he was, um, I don't know, all the emo things he was feeling, like feeling (laughs) left out and like mad at your parents or like guardians or whatever. I was feeling all of those things. Yeah. So when Harry, like, blows off at Ron and Hermione earlier, I, I felt that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when he goes all capitals. <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. But also, like, I was, you know, becoming a bit more politically aware at that time. So this book felt really right. relevant.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. This book, <laughs> this chapter in particular, I think, encapsulates what is so frustrating about this book.
0: Is yeah. like. It's a very frustrating book.
1: The grown-ups in charge do not have your back.
2: Yeah. And I feel like as a kid, reading it for the first time, it's written in a way that you can grasp it and really, really think like, am I like, I like, I feel like I'm in on politics. Like, (laughs) I'm like smarter than most grown-ups and the system is not on my side. Like, I feel like that was all encapsulated pretty well in this chapter in a way that joanne is maybe not in previous chapters and books been able to like kind of make so clear
0: mm-hmm. um yeah. how would you rate this book
2: oh um you, like in terms of like the other yes. like against the other books oh it was my least favorite it was Whoa. my least favorite yeah it was my least favorite and i remember that because i reread all of the books but i think that i didn't reread this one because this one so far is like Feeling the least familiar
0: to me. Mm. And I think it not feeling familiar is also like an intentional writing thing, I think, because like we're into this rhythm of like, okay, so Harry's at the Dursleys and he's doing these things. And then this is how summer goes. But all of a sudden, this summer is just so vastly different. It's like conveying that changed world Mm -hmm. kind of sense.
2: It's true. Yeah. Yeah, I will say so. This was my least favorite book growing up reading it. Um, I think because I was not very angsty. I've, I've always been pretty like <laughs> sunshiny, so I don't don't I, I think I didn't fully grasp or understand, you know, I, I didn't have that that type of trauma. but rereading it as an adult so far, I will say like in comparison to rereading the others as an adult, I'm liking it a lot more. And honestly, like maybe more so than the other. that i've i've reread oh so far yeah so it stands the test of time yeah in a way (laughs) i think that there's still um way too much uh fluff way too much british fluff just like (laughs) stuff in here fluff fluff (laughs) in the stuff yeah but when joanne has planned and written everything out and like organized her thoughts i think that that she can really like drive a point home i don't remember much about this book but i do remember this chapter Mm-hmm. I think I re- I remember this chapter and I remember well we'll get away we'll get into it but I I remember this chapter really well.
1: Yeah, so as the title suggests this chapter is Harry's hearing. You might remember that for like six consecutive chapters we've been anxious about his hearing. <laughs> yeah. Is he going to be expelled from Hogwarts? And then when, in the last chapter, Harry and Arthur got to the Ministry of Magic early, they were supposed to have plenty of time to make it to their hearing, which was supposed to be in her office. What's her name? Madam Bones, right? Oh, the original that- hearing was supposed to be in her office.
0: So is this is Susie Bones' mom? Mm-hmm. Susie Bones' mom. Yeah. And doesn't she, no, aunt, not mom. Aunt, yeah, aunt. Yeah, oh, and doesn't yeah. she, right, like, right. end up dying soon yeah, after, which is. Oh, it was so sad because she was like really the only person that was on Harry's side here.
1: We're getting to the part of the books where it's like, doesn't that character? Yeah, it's really sad. (laughs) Like, what up, serious? How's it going? Oh, no. But when they arrived at the Ministry of Magic, they quickly got the memo that the hearing was actually being held five minutes ago
2: Uh.
1: in the giant, scary old courtrooms for like felons.
2: Yeah, I mean, is that not like every reoccurring nightmare, like about high school or college? I like definitely have recurring nightmares where it's like I wake up and then it's like, "Hey, the exam started five minutes ago." Oh my god! (laughs) You know, horrifying. I I hate being unprepared for things. I feel like, And and it's so bullshit because that's like if you woke up and your professor was like, "Oh, just kidding. The exam like that was scheduled for an hour from now started five minutes ago."
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Is it's like they were obviously just trying to fuck him, but mm-hmm. it's like, come on, how can you be so obvious about this? Like, what are to how, fuck with him? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> they weren't trying to fuck him, too. So Harry, when he goes into the courtroom, he realizes he's been in this courtroom before yeah. in Dumbledore's Pensieve. Mm-hmm. This is where he watched the Lestrange's and Barty Crouch Jr. and fourth person. Get sentenced for torturing the the um long bottoms the yeah. long bottoms into insanity. So that's like the bar that he's walking into this room with. He's like, oh, this is for this kind of criminal.
0: Yeah, and he like looks at the chair and it's got the chains that are supposed to restrain people and oh terrifying
1: he's 15. Calm down, y'all. <laughs> And his guardian isn't allowed into the room
2: with him. Yeah, like they just (laughs)
0: push him in. Oh, this is such bullshit.
2: Do you think it's like a classic like wizard muggle a misunderstanding? Like that, like obviously, like wizard like he should know like only he is allowed into the room. Because otherwise, like, I mean, I feel like Mr. Weasley could have given him a little warning, like, hey, I won't be in there with you. Or like I just don't see why
1: on earth he he can't be. They should not be allowed to try him without a, any yeah. adult present, yes he's a minor oh they don't know that dumbledore is gonna like make it so mm-hmm. there was like a split second in this chapter where harry was gonna have to do this on his own that
2: they were was- kind of banking on it right like yeah
1: that is no basis for a solid legal system mm-hmm. at least when he sits down the chains don't don't chain him, they just clink menacingly. Ew. They're like, We well, would if we could. <laughs> the judges of this trial are the Wizen Gamut, mm-hmm.
0: including Cornelius Fudge. The freaking minister of magic is overseeing this trial of a child's, like, minor, basically, misdemeanor. And when Dumbledore, like, points it out later, he's like, Come on, don't you see the bullshit here? But yeah. just the fact that they thought they could get away with it and they totally would have too is, oh, it's so frustrating.
1: <laughs> yeah, Cornelius Fudge is here and they've called the whole Wizen gamut, which it's, it was supposed to be like a hearing, not a trial, but the, they made it a trial when they brought like the court system into it. And if I were any random dude on the Wizen gamut and I got the email that was like, okay, you have to come at, nine o'clock this morning to do this disciplinary hearing. Cause Harry Potter did a Patronus spell, which can cause pretty much no damage. As far as I know, a Patronus
0: mm-hmm. charm,
1: I'd be like, man, I'm not going to this. This is not what I, this is not my job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, below your pay grade. If you're on the Wizen gamut,
2: I guess, but like also anything that involves Harry Potter is
0: hot goss, you know, yeah, right about that. Right. So. It's true. And they've been like smearing his they've been running that smear campaign against him all summer. So people are maybe curious to see like what's going on. Maybe they're like building up this, you know, negative persona of him in their head. So they're like, let me go see it for myself.
1: God, well, I really hope that a lot of them look down there and were like, oh, he's a terrified child who is completely (laughs) alone. (laughs) Like we should leave him alone, maybe.
2: I think some of them do have that, like, reaction, but I think a lot of them don't. Like, I think the Smear campaign was really successful, and mm. so they're, like, buying into all of the stupid lies and slander against a 15-year-old. I hate that.
0: Yeah. Yes. the uh, my Well, there's a few favorite points in this. I, like I said, I really enjoy this book. But the at the end, when it's all revealed and Fudge is just left, like, sputtering, like, oh I, I that moment is so satisfying when Dumbledore's like I'll be in my office you can find me there <laughs> I'm going, like way far but like all of this frustration I think has a good payoff in the end yeah so I like right now I, I read this one chapter I haven't reread the other ones so far this mm. year so I think I might just continue reading the book just so I can have that satisfaction Nice. And oh, skipping
1: yeah. those first seven chapters changes nothing. <laughs> it's
0: fine. Right. Absolutely. Maybe There's like nothing the new two. there. Yeah. I do miss the first few chapters. We do get the Weasley twins. They've got some good lines in there. So I might just go back and read their yeah. banter because it's always amazing. <laughs>
1: oh. I would love if you went through the series only reading the Fred and George chapters. Oh my chapters. God.
0: Yes. Somebody needs to do that. You know, Harry <laughs> Potter through the eyes of Fred and George. I love that. Yeah, but I then you know, it gets um it
2: really, gets really sad. sharply sad. No.
1: you need an artful fanfiction. That did not happen.
0: I don't know what yeah. you're talking about.
1: See, I told you we're at the point in the books where it's like, mm, aren't they gonna die soon?
0: Percy is here and he's oh, yeah. not even acknowledging that he knows Harry and it's oh, oh he's such a He's a company man now. Yeah, like, all, of all time hated characters for me, like, obviously, Umbridge is there, but Percy's, like, right below that.
1: The betrayal makes him so... Like, Umbridge was never good. She didn't betray anyone. Yeah. But, like, the betrayal of Percy cuts deep.
0: And also, like... Okay, I'm going way ahead. Uh, I'm so sorry, but you said spoilers. So, at the end... All the when spoilers, f- all the time. When Fred dies... And Percy's just standing right next to him and does not die. Like that would have been the perfect kind of like, in my opinion, like, oh, he, you know, comes back on to the good side, but then he dies fighting the good fight. And we're like, rid of Percy it would have been great. Why couldn't that have been it? Oh, sorry.
1: <laughs>
0: no, I like how you said I'm skipping ahead
1: and then you skip ahead two and a half entire book. <laughs>
0: yes, I know. I'm so sorry.
1: Uh-huh. I have
0: feelings.
1: I know, no, I know. Percy is the worst. Fudge starts his little intro. He's like...
2: Let me tell you why you're here.
1: But then Dumbledore rolls up, which, like, however we're feeling about him right now, thank God he's here.
0: Dance. Yeah. Style. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And he brings his own armchair. (laughs) That's what I mean. Yeah. I need
1: to Google chintz.
0: Yeah, there's a couple what
1: is
2: that? terms
0: in here. I, I didn't know what oh they meant. Oh my God,
1: I Googled chintz armchair and it's like, you mean like in Harry Potter? I fucking hate <laughs> that shit. <yeah. laughs> is it not real? Like, did she?
2: In- did Joanne invent it or is it British?
1: I think it's real. It looks like it's just an armchair.
0: What's special about it?
1: Um, They all seem to be like, patterned, very floral and light. Oh, I Maybe see. Maybe uh, to do with the mm-hmm. pattern. That fits him. Okay, my mother-in-law has a chair like this. I see. What is chintz? It's, I think it is... The print. Fabric. Oh. Oh. Chintz? Chintz? I <laughs> feel like I'm saying something bad now. I don't know. It sounds weird in my mouth. Chintz? <laughs> chintz is glazed cotton.
2: Glazed okay. cotton? polished cotton
0: oh okay i i I think i know what you're talking about
2: like it's more for show than comfort kind of
0: not even Um, that like it's well what i'm picturing is i've seen it on chairs obviously it's a lot of like um chairs at like weddings and events and stuff if they have a fabric it'll be like this glazed kind of fabric
1: and that probably just makes it more durable yeah
0: exactly like not not plastic, but it's got a chintz. film on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> the easy-to-clean glazed finish on the fabric was ideal for the hygiene-obsessed Victorian era. Okay, it should be noted, just about any big floral pattern is dubbed chintz these days. Technically, if the fabric isn't glazed, it's known as creton. Cre-tone,
0: cre-tone. Wow, that's a lot more about fabric that i need to really know yeah
1: and this is from vogue.com and i'll put the link in the show notes for anyone who wants to learn more about chintz
0: yeah i'm sure there's somebody out there who's very interested in it
2: yeah you know who loves fabrics (laughs) (laughs) joanne
1: you're right about that clearly Uh, so fudge starts laying out the charges he's like what is what happened on the night of the night and Harry's like, "Well, this is what happened." But just like, "You're n- uh, no, how ridiculous." Lies.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's asking like very subjective but like yes and no questions to which he won't allow Harry to like give a justification. He's like, "Did yeah. you do this?" "Yes." "But no 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 no. No buts." No. You didn't, and therefore you're going to jail or you know.
1: Yes. So they start talking about the details of the night when Harry got attacked by Dementors and had to cast the Patronus. One magician is very intrigued when they hear that Harry can produce a corporeal Patronus.
0: Mm-hmm. We this love a real corporeal pressed. Patronus. She's like, hmm.
1: Yeah, she's like, that's it. Yeah. And they're like, you're 15 and points.
0: you can do that? And he's like, I've been doing that like for yeah. years and, and at I'm, this point. And Fudge is like,
2: besides the point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Finally,
1: Harry is like, I did this because there were dementors. And Cornelius Fudge and his shit-eating grin don't believe it. It's like, likely story." All his facial expressions in this chapter make me want to slap him so hard.
0: Yeah, I wonder is anybody reporting on this hearing?
1: Oh yeah, we don't we don't see anyone.
0: Yeah, and like I don't think we ever hear about it later. But like, if I think if it had gone like Fudge's way, they would have definitely had a story.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. Dumbledore produces a witness. Who is the witness?
0: Mrs. Fig. <laughs> Mrs. Arbela Fig. <laughs> she doesn't talk like
1: that. <laughs> but what, what? The name sounds cute like that. It though. does.
0: I wish she did talk like that.
1: She has a country British accent. <laughs> she's great. She comes great. to give her testimony. Yeah, I think she's great too. She is one of yeah. my
0: favorite lines in the entire series when <sighs> um, she... Like, earlier in this book, she corners, like, Mundungus Fletcher for abandoning his post. And Uh she says something along the lines of, like, you worthless pile of bat droppings, which is just calling (laughs) him a piece of shit. But, like, in very, (laughs) I don't know, (laughs) interesting terms. Very, like, Britishly polite about
1: (laughs) calling someone a piece of shit.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, What do you call? There's,
2: like, a term for bat droppings. I don't know. Um guano is that yeah.
1: right
0: really, really? whoa good wow, so
2: pull.
1: yeah it's also also the accumulated excrement of seabirds and bats either either or oh i don't need pictures thanks <laughs>
2: <laughs> i got it in
1: my mind um so mrs fig comes in to this chintz armchair and doubled produces a second chintz armchair
0: <laughs> <laughs> and she's like in her slippers like just, I know, uh, her house shoes.
2: Harry's like, I love you, but could you? But I, that makes me
0: think that she had to, like, rush over because they moved Yeah, up she probably the did. You're
2: right. Yeah.
1: Dumb- Dumbledore was late because he had to go fucking grab her.
0: Yeah, but, like, Dumbledore can, you know, operate, but she has to probably take the train or whatever shit, and she's out of <sighs> the suburbs, I liked- so...
1: I like to think that Dumbledore could apparate her. Otherwise, that's fucking annoying to get into town. Yeah,
0: maybe he was like, oh, okay, I'm just. But what point did he figure out? Because he says, oh, I just happened to be here three hours early because I knew you would pull pull this shit. So
1: maybe he just really was like, I'm going to get there five hours early because like I'm not letting them ruin this for Mm -hmm. us. Yeah. So when Mrs. Fake rolls up, Fudge is like, wow, lame witness, bro. And then he starts grilling her about, like, what happened? Why would Dementors even be there? Did you ever think of that?
2: It's like, I think it's like it's so insulting because before he even says that, he's like, can Squibs even see Dementors? Like,
0: Yeah. Okay, so question. To this day, I'm not actually clear whether she saw them or not.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's ever clear. You mean just, like, how, like, it's really vague at first, like, her description? Yeah, like,
0: I can can tell that she felt them, because she's got that right, and, like, we know Dudley felt that kind of similar thing, but her, like, physical description of them, you know, even Harry's like, that sounds like she's seen a picture of them. Yeah, and, like,
1: even if she was watching the scene play out in the alleyway with dudley and harry even if she couldn't see the dementors she could still pick up what was happening oh yeah you know yeah
0: Yeah, but i'm just like like, curious
2: yeah but you're right it's like why is that even relevant why is that the issue uh like like muggles can't see dementors
0: okay but they can feel them
2: (laughs) yeah this this the visual aspect of the dementor is not even close to the scariest or most mm-hmm. miserable part, you know. It's
1: literally just a tool for the books to be able to to get Dudley to not believe Harry that it was like a monster instead of Harry cursing him, you know.
0: I guess frustrating.
1: <laughs> so Dumbledore is like, "Well, maybe the Dementors were ordered there by Voldemort." And then Fudge is like, "Nah, bro, we control the Dementors." So then Dumbledore is like, "Okay, cool. Why did the Ministry order Dementors mm-hmm. uh, to go attack Harry Potter?"
0: And this is when we get Umbridge kind of leaning forward, out of the shadows, like uh, the the <laughs> villain she is. Oh, 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 oh. just like <laughs> hearing you imitate that laughter <laughs> makes my skin crawl. It's so
1: annoying because, like, I am the kind of person where if someone is like. <laughs> Um, Like if someone's just like kind of poorly clearing their throat near me a little bit all the time instead of just getting a good (laughs) (laughs) like clear your fucking throat. Dolores, do you need a cough drop?
2: (laughs) Pardon me, but are you assuming that Uh, someone in the ministry arrived to work unwell? Doing that cough without
1: needing to cough like hurt my throat.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: it kind of like makes me feel like
0: Fleming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the way she phrases her like questions it's so passive aggressive I, I can't it's deal with most, this shit she
2: could
1: teach a master class in passive aggression i like,
0: hate i'm just aggressive aggressive there's no aggressive. passive about
2: me
0: <laughs> and it just i can't deal with it no
2: there's no room for passive aggression in a courtroom Be no. direct.
1: Amelia Bones, where are you? Control your girl.
0: Yeah. She's like, I'm trying to control my
2: monocle. <laughs> she does
1: have a monocle.
0: <laughs> what is Amelia Bones' title? I know they say it, but I've totally forgotten.
1: Madam. No,
0: Because, uh... like, Umbridge is, like, the undersecretary to the minister or something.
1: I think she's just, like, a judge. No, it says, uh... Where's the announcement? Head of the Department of Magical Law Enforcement. Okay, oh,
0: okay. okay.
1: Amelia Susan Bones. Name? you notice that her middle name's Susan? <laughs> I
0: did
1: notice. Susie Bones. Susie Bones. I'm Susie Bones. Once upon a time, my entire family was murdered, except for my aunt. Umbridge is like, are you implying? I can't do like the voice. <laughs> are you implying that the ministry... <laughs> <laughs>
2: I kind of wish she was, I'm glad she's not actually, I, I take it back, but I'm like, I, oh, part of me almost wishes she was, um, like a femme fatale, like, are you implying that, I don't know, I, I take it back, I don't want
1: that. Like, what's her face from, uh, Powerpuff Girls, but playing Madame, or Professor Umbridge? What's her name? Um, what's her name from
2: Powerpuff Girls? Speaking of, I try to play Powerpuff Girls in the lobby at the pediatric, one of the pediatric offices I work at. Um, Yeah, that particular character makes it difficult to show
0: in a pediatric <laughs> setting. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I always forget that that character's name is Sarah. Sarah oh, Bellum.
0: <laughs> that is so, like, just tame.
1: Sarah Bellum, though, it's like so stupid. But then you can't even even... Ever see her head because she's just tits and a pair of legs. Yeah. So okay. Dumbledore is like, this is all very confusing. So I'm sure the Ministry will be making an inquiry about this.
2: And he's like, that's none of your business, but the, in- the Ministry does or doesn't. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> you? I love very
0: your good fudge. Good <laughs>
1: uh very whiny in this chapter
2: yeah you know when you've gotten to like the level where you're whining that you've lost you've lost that argument or at least you've lost power in that yeah scenario you gotta stay strong like you noticed that uh that our boy brian this whole time uh i'm dumbledore is, I was like who <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's funny to call him Brian. <laughs> um,
0: what's Albus, Brian, Percival? I'm missing one. I think Brian's like Wolf the Frank. last. Frank. Yeah.
2: I think Brian's like the last It is lane, like Michael Brian Dumbledore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like they're like Kevin Dumbledore. Like <laughs> But you notice that the whole time, like he never loses his cool. Like the entire time it's like he said cheerfully. Yeah. yeah. He said respectfully
1: yeah that's very Dumbledore
2: (laughs) yeah I mean like if I was in there I would get emotional oh yeah first of all you are full of fucking shit and this is not appropriate and he was like like what do you mean why are we even here he used the magic. he just told you he used the magic to defend his cousin from getting killed by a dementor like but instead he's like of course you know you're gonna look into why the dementors were dispatched to begin with right carefully yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: He is like an example. It's like, this is how you argue without making an ass of yourself. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It would be cool if he'd like smiled or like winked at Harry even. Yes,
0: maybe. but he's doing that giving Harry the whole cold shoulder bit. I think if it he hadn't been doing that, he would have totally done the winking at him.
2: Do you think that it's like he's he's doing this cold shoulder bit right now in court to because if he had been warm towards Harry, it would show, like, it, they would all think that it's, like, this weird favoritism that everybody already knows oh, that he has.
1: That's a good point.
0: Yeah, but also, like, his, what he ends up explaining is, isn't it that he was worried that Voldemort would, like, see through Harry into Dumbledore's plans or whatever?
1: That is the explanation in the book, but I hate that explanation because I think it's stupid.
0: Yeah, it is kind of like, oh, I needed it to be the thing, so here's a convenient plot reason for it.
2: In this specific scene, I think that it is actually, like, acceptable just because I think that given Fudge's point of view, like, I think that if he had, like, you know yeah he'd be like i saw warm, you like,
0: wink at him i know yeah, you're playing like, sides you're right? in on something you you he's literally defending me. harry like he
2: has a vibrator
1: <laughs> in his butt that's how he's getting all the answers
0: <laughs> why is it a vibrator
1: because that's the that's a, somebody got in trouble for like cheating at chess with a vibrator in their butt or something <laughs> is that right what Have you guys heard about that no you know, what the fuck are you talking about
0: I'm, how would that I, help I, them I, cheat
1: Shut up. Chest, vibrator, I'm doing... (laughs) Chest, vibrator, butt. Okay, okay. listen. Listen. Okay, well, maybe the New York Post isn't the answer for this. (laughs) Build your own undetectable chest-cheating vibrator. (laughs) These headlines, chest grandmaster gets butt scanned following... following anal vibrator cheating
2: rumors
0: (laughs) but does it say how
2: yeah because well you know what there's a lot of settings on vibrators these days you know maybe like maybe like three like level three means like move pawn okay hold on so somebody else
0: is like off you know on to the side giving them clues that's what i guess (laughs) yes
1: We we here at Euro News Culture are still trying to figure out quite how cheating by sex toy works, but we're trying <laughs> out <laughs> several vibrating configurations, and we'll get
2: back to you.
1: They're trying it out. Okay, good. One of his opponents like quit and then accused him of cheating. What if you were like sitting there and you could like hear
0: the
2: vibration, vibrator, <laughs> and you're just like, "What
0: the fuck is that?" Okay, but like chess matches go on for hours. They like this person. Like, did they get desensitized to the vibrations? How did they not react to them? Chess
1: grandmaster denies cheating by using anal beads. I just can't <laughs> wait to headline. Anal
2: beads. See, that's no, it's beads.
1: That's vibra- even- vibrating beads.
2: Okay. I can keep up with these
1: kids. You read that right. <laughs> um, when does the sex toy come into play? <laughs> I'm just reading this zero news stop <laughs> culture website. Uh, uh,
2: <laughs> it was a slow day. And slow news day. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: just can't really. I'll just I'll let you all do your own reading. I'll put this in the, <laughs> in the show notes.
0: Yeah. I'll put this in the show notes. Um,
1: cause I guess we've probably spent enough time on it, but yeah. it's fascinating.
0: I just have to say, if somebody's actually doing this, honestly, hats off to their creativity.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's okay. thinking outside the box. <laughs>
2: it's thinking inside the box. <laughs> like, like I think, uh, you know, I think <laughs> that, um, that like some of the words that Joanne uses in here. I feel like I blame a lot of that on like why I was so such an obnoxious child because I read all books but like especially especially these books like so so religiously and I would say I would say very annoying things like uh like uh said fudge with a very supercilious look on his face I'd be like Mom, what's supercilious mean? And then she'd tell me, I don't even know now. What it means. No, I don't know. And, um, I can and, guess from college. But then like in like, fourth grade, I'd be like, that's a little supercilious of you, Mrs. Brady. <laughs>
0: oh, wow. And that's she'd be annoying. like,
2: you're so fucking annoying. Please <laughs> stop. Stop. Every time I it back means- a church, you run to the board and correct my grammar. It's it not means- nice.
1: It means coolly and patronizingly haughty.
2: Okay, huh. well, that's a very good use that's what about curious. surreptitiously? That one's in the next chapter.
1: Surreptitiously is that how you say? It? Yeah, it's just <laughs> secretly. It just means secretly, Ridic- or like uh, subtly. Yeah, like that's ridiculous. There's no need. It's like it's like
2: <laughs> said, Hermione surreptitiously. Sur-
1: say it again. You are you're like um, discovering one of the beautiful t- terrible things about the English language, which is that most words we have the germanic word and we have the latin word and they mean the same thing but one just sounds better fancier because it's latin it super that's some latin it shit but you <laughs> could just say like you could just say like hottie and that's probably a germanic base super oh, go
2: superciliously is like a super silly word no so, like too so silly And it's like she said superciliously. That's not, (laughs) that does not reflect what the true meaning of that word is. What if
1: that was like, it sounds like a drag queen name? (laughs) Supercilious.
2: Also, but not as good of a drag name as Luscious (laughs) Malfoy. So basically, Fudge goes
1: for the throat. He's like, fuck these dementors. We're here to talk about how Harry is evil. And Dolores, uh. like, the dementors do matter because underage magicians are allowed to defend themselves. And Fudge is like, but Harry's crazy bitch, so fuck <laughs> this. <laughs>
0: fuck all of this. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Like,
2: they are relevant because if he, if there weren't dementors, then, like, yes, then this trial would be relevant. But, like, there were dementors, hence the Patronus, and that's why it's relevant, you fucking idiot.
0: Yeah. And Fudge tries to bring out like all the like, oh, in the past he dropped a cake and blew up his aunt and all of that stuff.
2: First of all, I wish they would use different wording. He did not blow up his aunt. Okay. <laughs> that he inflated is- her. Right. But he yeah didn't, it, that implies an explosion
1: to me. He did not explode her. <laughs> we would have remembered that.
0: Yeah. yeah. And Dumbledore is basically just like, oh like that time when you totally forgave him because you understand that people have emotions you heartless bitch and fudge is like oh, but, oh, oh,
2: oh well, well, that, that was that was then and this is now
0: yeah there's a lot of errs. <sighs> uh, a lot of er's
2: <laughs> <laughs> aka us that all, both of us both thought was er's did you also think it was hers? uh nap when you were like growing up reading this book all his like like,
0: sputtering like he's saying er
2: so like just all of them all the time saying er even Harry so much you're like Canada though did you have a better
1: understanding
0: yeah I I just (laughs) I understood it as like just like uh you know grasping for words kind of thing okay
1: but like do people in Canada type like do they say um or do they say er
0: hmm Okay. I think it's uh,
1: not um.
2: Like
0: mm, yeah, it's oh, yeah. more like like yeah, 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 I yeah.
2: Like if you're like uh I don't know, would you say err dot 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 idk or would you say u-h dot 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 idk?
0: I think uh.
2: Mm. Woo! One for Canada <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know, I never like examined stuff this deeply. I I'd never Fair. understood what people meant by like Oh, Canadian accent! Until this semester, I have a professor who's from Newfoundland, and he has such a like specific Canadian accent that I was like, "Okay, all right, now I get what people are saying." (laughs) But like every time he was talking about like cars, but instead of saying "car," he would say "car," and I'd be like, "Wait, what? Oh, Oh, what? Like car? Yes." Whoa. Not not that's even intense. But not even like the Very R was enrolled too. so much as the A was like weird. <laughs> <Hair>. Yeah, <laughs> like calf. Care. Like, yeah, basically. And I was like, well, what is this person? I wow. feel like I'm listening to a cartoon. But it's <laughs> like that's how he talks.
1: <laughs> yeah. Dumbledore reminds Fudge, hey man, you're not even allowed to expel my students, so don't. Do that. And then Fudge is like, oh, just because you oh you think that I can't expel your
0: students. Yeah, Dumbledore's like, This fudge is full of bat droppings and I ain't having any of it. Yeah, um, this is some
2: nasty fudge.
1: <laughs> Disgusting. So finally the the gamut takes a vote and Harry wins and he's cleared of all charges. And then Dumbledore drops the mic, and pieces the fuck out without yeah, looking even looking
0: at Harry. Yeah, doesn't even glance at Harry. Ugh. He's
1: like, what, bitch? And then turns on his heel.
0: Yeah, I could like, feel Harry's heart breaking in that moment. I know. <laughs> it was so sad.
2: Just look at him. Yeah, or just like, yeah, give him a, a knowing glance, even. Mm-hmm. Just a little One of these...
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wish there was a, a way for the audio to... Con- they, your love. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do y'all have anything else you'd like to add about this chapter? That's the end of it.
0: So this was like our introduction to Umbridge. What was your reaction to Umbridge when you first read this chapter, like way back when?
2: I think even then I knew like this bitch is dangerous because yeah. of how she, even like how more cunning she was than Fudge like, immediately, and the fact that she's, like, what, his senior undersecretary assistant, she's, like, his right, right-hand right wingman, mm-hmm. so, wingwoman, so I, I just, like, was, like, oh, shit, like, they got out of this, but, like, you notice, like, when she starts to question Fig, like, Fig gets really flushed, and kind of, like, because she's really anxious, it sort of seems like she's lying, and I feel like this, you immediately know that this bitch has the ability to kind of massage things to go her way.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, she, uh, uh,
1: so I, when I, <laughs> sorry, when I first read her, I was, how old was I when, what year did this book come out? Oh, I, I forgot. 2003, no. two, three, something like that. I don't know. It's terrible. It was
0: 2003.
1: So I was 12. When I was a kid, especially a teenager, I was raised, like, really privileged, which, like, wham, wah, that's so sad for me. But, like, I was surrounded by a lot of fake ass bitches who were, like, in charge of me. (laughs) Like,
0: yeah,
1: we lived in, like, a rich neighborhood. All my parents' friends were so fake and, like, so, like, uh, I, I remember I had a boyfriend one time, and his mom would always turn to me scandalized and say, are you being facetious? And I'm like, I'm 15. I don't know what facetious means. (laughs) And that's, that's what this woman, like, Umbridge reminds me of that woman. Like, she reminds me of every adult who has ever not had your best interests at heart.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of Umbridges in the world, unfortunately. Okay, so my first reaction, like, I hated her in this chapter, but, I had the most extreme reaction when like a couple chapters later I turned the page and the chat like the title was Professor Umbridge, and I was like, no fucking way. I just was not (laughs) looking forward to that. And you can even see, like in this chapter, when Dumbledore says that the ministry doesn't have control over Hogwarts, and you are like, oh my gosh, but it's coming. This is maybe what sparked some of that.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, It's kind of like a well, not yet. I yeah. don't
0: mm-hmm. hate it. And it, I might be wrong about this, but I think um, Joanne, the author has said something like Umbridge is one of the few characters based on a real person. Am I just oh. making that up? I uh, think that
2: sounds familiar. I would believe it. I mean, like I, I feel like I, this is a pretty believable character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. swathed from head to toe in like Pepto-Bismol pink. And which like I respect pink, but not like this. no it,
0: it makes me hate the color pink. it's it's like <laughs> okay, sorry to bring it to Game of Thrones, but um you know the Boltons yeah. yes, how their house color is pink, but it's like the most it's the terrifying man. thing. Yeah. yeah it's disgusting. like Mortal. you think pink and you're like, oh, it's so happy and nice. but then like you you become you come to dread it because like I think in the red wedding the last thing is like, a pink oh. cloak sw- swept across oh Rob God. or something. I don't know. Uh, the
1: one, I think that's like one of the only sigils besides the obvious that I remember from that show, that book, is the flayed man. Because I'm like, how on earth is that your identity, dude?
2: Like, yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. What kind of person do you grow up to be? I mean, there's no chance of being like a normal, nice person. It's true. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like. The Boltons made me dread pink, and Umbridge made me dread pink.
2: I feel like Umbridge is also like she also takes like other things I love and makes them sickening, like like kittens. I fucking uh, love kittens. We've fostered yeah. twelve kittens at
0: this point. Is Not the one kittens time. thing a thing in the books, or is that just a book? Oh thing? my god, is it a movie
1: memory? No, <laughs> no, she definitely has the kitten plates in the book. Yeah.
0: Okay, okay. Okay. All right. I, I sometimes I, can look, I, I can get
1: look it up. I know exactly where it is. I'm gonna do it. And we're not
2: there yet, but
0: like, I just, yeah. you don't deserve cats, bridge. You
2: don't, you do not deserve cats. Absolutely not. But I mean, I will say, you know, like, I'm not going to lie. Like if it's like, is she a dog person or a cat okay. person? It's
1: okay. Yeah. It's going to um, be a cat person. On one of the walls was a collection of ornamental plates, each decorated with a large technicolor kitten wearing a different bow around its neck. (sighs) These were so foul that Harry stared at them transfixed until Professor Umbridge spoke again. (laughs) So foul. They're
2: so foul. (laughs) (laughs) She's just like the worst kind of hyper feminine stereotype. Yes? Like. Yeah. She's not shrill. She's not. But she's close. Nah, she is. She's like a muted shrill. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's not. Um, It's like really. I hope that you're right, Nav, and that this character was like modeled after someone in real life, because otherwise I think it's just like this is the woman that we're really giving like this amount of dialogue to. Yeah. And. And this is who she is, you know, just like this horrible, like, um, like it's like vomiting up femininity. Yeah. Um
1: it's bad. It's like yeah. so it's almost like performative.
0: Yeah. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. It's like yeah. her
1: it's like her costume. She's like, I'm incognito if I dress super mm-hmm.
0: femme. And the movies, like the the casting for Umbrage was so oh my God. well done. Yeah, what's her Amazing. name? Imelda Staunton. Yeah, and
2: I bet she's just like the sweetest lady. Yeah, like,
0: but like she she did such a great job, and they really nailed the umbrage aesthetic.
1: Yeah, they absolutely did all of those like little coats. Oh yeah, (laughs) I don't even know how to describe them. (laughs) Little tiny little like Jackie Kennedy dress suits. Yeah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, she's fun. She in other stuff she's fun, but in this, yeah, she's awful.
2: It is nice to see a little color at Hogwarts. That's one thing
1: that's true. You're right about that. Yeah. We should watch Leela. I've never seen this before, but apparently there's a 1996 film of Twelfth Night. Oh, I've seen it. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently it has Helena Bonham Carter and Imelda, and I would like to see it.
2: It's great. I feel like I remember Twelfth Night is horny.
1: It is extremely horny. It's the most bisexual
2: Shakespeare play. Yeah, which is saying something because, you know, (laughs) there's a lot of that shit up in Shakespeare.
1: I love it. I love it so much. Okay, cool. We're talking about Shakespeare now, which means it's probably (laughs) time to move on to plugs. Am I right? Yeah, you're right. Nav, where can people find you on the internet?
0: Okay, so uh, you can listen to my podcast. It's called A Song of Ice and Fire Symposium. It's a little wordy. Our Instagram is... At Pop Culture Symposium, we hang out and talk about A Song of Ice and Fire, Game of Thrones, all that stuff. My best friend and my co-host doesn't know anything. She hasn't read the series or hasn't seen the show either. So she's going in all fresh eyed and we're just, uh, you know, draining the hope and goodness (laughs) out of her (laughs) slowly. Just ruining her life. When we read the Sorn Sword with Taylor recently, Harmith was like, oh my God, this has hope. I can't deal with it. It's too much. So yeah, that's the kind of show we run.
1: <laughs> and what have you been watching, reading, playing, listening to lately that you think the listeners of our podcast would enjoy?
0: And to anybody who listens to my podcast, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but <laughs> you got to understand, I have an obsessive personality in that I find something I like, and that I only like that thing for a really long time. And currently, that's the Cradle series by Will White. It's a progressive fantasy kind of thing, and it's really good. And you just got to get through like the first book because it's a book-long prologue, but the books are only like 250 pages. Just read it and listen to the audiobook. It is so well done. I cannot recommend it enough.
1: Hell yeah, thank you so much. Leela,
2: where can people find
1: you on the internet?
2: Hi guys, I'm Leela. You can find me on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at Leals for Reals. And I would love to plug a 2016 movie called The Love Witch. Hmm. It is fantastic. It's filmed, it's uh filmed in complete technicolor, which is really fun. So it has this really like cool groovy 60s vibe to it, but it was filmed in 2016. Um, it's about a modern day witch who is desperate for love, but all of her attempts to make uh, and spells to make men fall in love with her go very astray, as <laughs> often happens. It is a beautiful film. It, it's beautiful, just like the colors and everything to watch. Um, she moves into um, a, a beautiful Victorian mansion um, in California in a small town that uh, tolerates witchcraft. Um, She's a modern-day witch, and there's a Ren fair. There's so many wonderful things involved in this movie, and um, I highly, highly recommend it. Um, It is called The Love Witch, and Uh I believe that you can find it on Hulu or Amazon Prime. Hell yeah. I love that.
1: Thank you so much, Leela. I've been your host, Christina. You know where to find me. This week, I'm going to hit you with two medium spoopy, (laughs) like not really that (laughs) spoopy, but I think you should watch The Brothers Grimm, 2005 uh, action-adventure movie starring Matt Damon and Heath Ledger as British people. <laughs> uh, I, I actually think, if I remember correctly, that the original Brothers Grimm were supposed to be German.
2: but For sure. It fine. Yeah. It's <laughs> fine. Wait, which um, one has the better British, fake British accent?
1: Definitely Heath Ledger because he's Australian. So uh- it, <laughs> in my stupid brain is like, well, it's not English. It's not American English. Right. <laughs> so
0: it's... Yeah,
1: Matt Damon did a pretty good accent, though. And then it also stars Lena Headey, which like so spicy. She's so sexy. <laughs> That's a Cersei from a Game of Thrones. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. like like baby Lena Headey, right? Yeah, she's
0: when. Hot. Sorry, what year did that movie come out?
1: Two thousand five. Okay. And I would also like to recommend the book "Cultish: The Language of Fanaticism" by Amanda Montel. Layla and I both listen to this amazing podcast, "Sounds Like a Cult," which basically talks about how the groups that are in our society like are cults. And it's basically just that you have to pick healthy cults over dangerous cults. And, um, one of the hosts of that podcast is a sociolinguist who specializes in cults. And this book is about how cults use language to, to be cults, to cults good.
0: <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah it was oh, yeah. a great
1: book. And the audio book was good too. Nav. Thank you so much for joining us to talk about
0: chapter eight. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. I
1: I, uh, I can't wait to see you for the next chapter eight.
0: Oh, I'm so here. I love I love talking about this series, and I love talking about it with you folks specifically. And it's just always yes. such a good time. Oh, I can't believe we like actually kept our talk down to like a decent, like a reasonable amount of time.
1: Well, this was a short chapter in which nothing happened, so <laughs> I felt like we were getting to the end of the chapter, and I looked up, and we'd only been recording for like 25 minutes, and I was like, oh shit, and I feel like we all just at the same time like slowed down. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's okay. Sometimes it's nice to have a shorter chapter.
1: For sure, and God knows we're not going to sit here and talk extra about this chapter. I think we've said everything there is to say about it. Yeah. So we'll see you back, Nev. Oh, next October.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What is chapter eight of Half-Blood Prince?
1: It's called Snape Victorious. So I don't actually remember. Oh, probably when he got his
0: position as defense. No, wait. Yeah. So
1: it comes. Chapter seven is the Slug Club. Chapter eight is Snape Victorious. Chapter nine is the Half-Blood Prince. So, yeah, I guess it might be that because Hmm. I think the Slug Club happens on the train. Anyway, and then for Deathly yeah. Hallows, we'll see you in August for the wedding. Oh, Yeah, cool. that's going to be a good one.
0: Okay. You can say
1: sayonara to this podcast because <laughs> I'm done with it after that. Wow.
0: But you'll probably have another endeavor after that.
1: <laughs> I will for sure. And you'll be included on that. Lila, don't say wow. That's 2024 we're talking about <laughs> I <right> know, <laughs> but like, remember
0: how
2: long ago, like-
0: How many like, years uh, have you been doing this?
1: only two and a half, and I have two and a half still to go.
0: Yeah, that's not too bad. Halfway point.
1: But yeah, I do have a cool endeavor planned for after the restricted section that I'm not allowed to talk about or start for at least two more years.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We'll you just, you know, build up the suspense.
1: Yeah, I'm keeping it in my back pocket. Don't worry. Uh, and Leela, as always, thank you so much for being my
2: co- uh, co-pay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. Your copay is always due at the time of service. And Tina, I'm just vibrating
0: with happiness to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Perfect. you were bringing back the the chest the butt vibrators. Oh, I am. Yeah,
2: that's, that's what's happening here butt vibrator.
1: <laughs> and that's the end of the episode. And that's how I end episodes now. That's great. that's it potheads thanks for listening to the restricted section this podcast is produced and hosted by me christina Kahn. our theme music was produced by ryan Kahn. our logo was designed by michael hardison please connect with us on twitter at restricted pod on instagram at restricted section pod on facebook at restricted section pod or in our facebook group the restricted section detention crew Join our Patreon to get access to our Discord server, our bonus episodes, and other cool perks. We're also very happy to be a member of Deus Ex Media, where all you fucking nerds can find all kinds of fandom podcasts to suit your fancy.
0: Coffee. Tea. Honor.
2: Cabbage. Long ago, the four elements lived in harmony. Then, shit went totally cray when the Avatar attacked. Only the Cabbage Man, merchant to fine cruciferous vegetables, could stand against his trolling. But when the world needed some
1: dank veg, he vanished. Ten years have passed, and my partner and I have started a new podcast.
2: My cabbages! An Avatar podcast.
1: A weekly show about Avatar The Last Airbender. Whether it's Sokka's new line of cologne...
0: Hey... Look at you, sitting there on a seal. Well, now look back at me. I'm on on an even bigger seal. Now look away. D&D-related antics. You have to make an acrobatics check for that and Aang just like unzips his pants and whips out his D20s. He's just like, I got this.
2: Randomly breaking into song.
0: (laughs) So Girl, waterfall.
1: we'll stumble our way through the greatest show ever made one episode at a time Rotten
2: cabbages!
0: what kind of slum do you think this is
2: what do you call a canadian it sounds like i'm saying a joke like setting up a joke but like no what do you now call uh canadian thanksgiving you just call it that
0: it's just thanksgiving but like oh. uh, when i'm talking to americans <laughs> i specify because they're like thanksgiving in october
2: Dave X Media.